As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. From the shores of Malibu, where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Las Vegas, where the UFC is coming. We are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about, but maybe afraid to voice. Do not worry. We will voice it for you. We talk about it all, and it's time. It's No Holds Barred Radio, folks. And we're here this week with my co-host, producer, TJ DeSantis. TJ, back from another trip, getting ready to take another trip. God knows when. How's everything on the road, my friend? Things are good. I'm sitting on the floor in a hotel room, so it's a makeshift studio, but uh, we're getting <laughs> we're getting through it. And the man that is laughing, I mean, I don't need to introduce him, Bruce. Why don't you tell us who's next? Goldberg! God, I love that. I can't That's wait it. till one of these days, you know, <clears throat> you do that hey. and I come out through the back. You know what? It would be a real pleasure to walk out on a special event of the WWE. It may make somebody very close to me in my life not too happy, but I think Michael Buffer should always be the one to be in charge when it comes to WWE. But if I get called, it's going to be very hard for me to say no. Especially if it involves you, for sure. Anyway, Bill, we've been friends for a long time. Uh, Senior career, I you know, WCW, uh, making the movie with Warner Brothers, you know, 20 years. 20 years ago, Bill, 20 years ago. I know it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you were spearing everybody and their mother back then. And, and I still literally, am. how about that? How about that? And, and uh, you know, Bill, I got to tell you, say, first off, how are you? Let's go that way. You know how what, man? I, I couldn't be better. Um, I didn't follow Rogan's lead by moving to Austin, but I moved to Texas uh, in, a, in the middle of about 200 acres and, uh, it's a, it's 406 yards from my balcony to the front door. So I know wow. that I can take care of somebody if they try to break on my property, but it, it's, it's heaven, man. It truly is. Yeah. Listen, I, very few people know this bill. I was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I, t- I think I told you this. Yes, sir. And um, I moved to uh, nine months. I was there as more of a drop off than anything else. Yeah. And then spent five years of my life in Dallas, Texas, uh, initially three back for two, um, learn how to fight, learn how to fun, learn everything. Texas can be a country unto itself. Yep. I love Texas. Dallas, if it had an ocean, would be literally, aside from being one of the greatest cities in the world, would be like one of the greatest cities in the world for me. Yep. Um, it's amazing down there. And it was amazing to have 22,000 people there at the arena talking to you and, and shooting the crap with you. And then you come over and you didn't spear me. <laughs> But you're single. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? First right? of all, let me apologize for that. But you know me, man. I got to do something different. And you're my buddy, and yeah. nobody puts you in a compromised position. And I figured I would. It was just spur of the moment. And uh, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I'm going to cut to the chase. Did you have a in, in Houston? Did you have a, a a dedicated locker room back there to change? Yeah, yeah. John Anik and I share the same dressing room. Yeah, well, I tried to get in there and put one of your jackets on. Ah, (laughs) there's the thing. Boy, you're a rascal, Bill. I mean, come on. What was it with you that night? Jeez. I'm saying, man. Let me tell you something, Bill. It's been a long time, dude. It's been like 10 years. I think uh, Anaheim, when we all got in a fight up in my box. 
for God's sakes, with some Hell's Angels guys. Oh, goodness. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Can you, yeah. like, not that drop long- the story, but can you, like, no, tell us the story, please? That was a long time ago. I, I forgot most of it, but uh, somebody, I went, I was in a VIP room. I think it was, I think it was Hughes and BJ were the main yeah. event, okay. if I yeah. remember correctly. That yeah, main, you're right, you're uh, right. And we had a private room and you know me, I like to stay under the radar. So I'm sitting in the back of the room, not out on the balcony, but in the back of the room, watching the monitor. All of a sudden somebody comes, these big heavy guys come in and they make their way to the front. And then my buddy who owns the box comes up to me and he goes, Hey man, you know, these guys came in here. Can you say something to him? And I'm, and I turned to him and I said, you got four UFC guys in here and you come to me to say something, just leave me alone. Let me relax. Very long story short. Someone said something to him and he's about four and a half feet tall and he jacked this kid. Right. And he drops him and all of a sudden all hell broke loose. And I just remember (laughs) razor and Tiki in there. Uh, They, they kind of, yeah. Told this guy through uh, different means that he wasn't, wasn't welcomed. And then I think I got him in a front headlock or something and they opened up the door and I threw him outside. And all of a sudden, there's a crowd of people and cops everywhere. And, and I turned around, and I think it was, I think it was, um, uh, uh, who was it? I can't remember. I, I know uh, Liddell was there. Oh, but, okay. Uh, <laughs> Plot thickens. There we Talk go. about yeah. the wrong box to try to yeah. go into. My yeah, goodness. 100%. Turns out it was a Hell's Angels guy or something, and I don't wow. know what happened. But at the end of the day, you know, yeah, it made it a memorable experience for him. A memorable experience for me but the story goes is that that was the last time i was at a ufc and i mean it's been that long and uh you know if i live three hours from houston so i get the call from my buddy richard wilk i know you know richard and he flew in with dana and they hooked us up and so we were able to go and uh, say hello to some friends that i haven't seen in a very long time and so it was an honor and a privilege to get to see you it's been way too long Oh, thanks, Bill. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It was so great to see you too. You know, you walk in, the crowd loves you when you walked in and, uh, you know, you bring back a couple of memories too. And I think about the fact that I'm going to go over a couple of things with you. First off, let me get back to the, the, the one leg lift up that I got. What do you call that? <laughs> move? What does that move call Bill? I don't know. It was a fireman's carry or something. Yeah. Uh, fireman's carry. Right. Exactly. And I, you know, I didn't know what you were doing. I thought, where am I going to go? Am I going down to do the table? I'm prepared to take a drop. Oh, <laughs> You know, the whole bit. But it did remind me one thing. I remember my Michael, uh, my brother, Michael, telling me um, during his last WCW days that I said, Michael, what if you what if they wanted you to take a bump? He did this one commercial with you guys on the subway where somebody kicked him in the face. And of course, that's TV, right? Camera. He said, no, I wouldn't want to take bumps for these guys. I go, I would. I'd love to get in there and get a bump. And, you know, and when you picked me up, I thought, man, we could really do something fun. A hundred percent. And you know what? I'm going to I'm going to back up a little bit here and say that you brought back a lot of memories, dude. When you, you're like a fighter prepping for your, for your verbiage, right? When that oh, mic's man. on, you got to get ready for it. Like an old school guy. You're never going to see a dude, an announcer, getting ready, you know, shaking his hands out, throwing jabs and stuff, and just trying to get in the zone. And people have lost that. They really have. And you're a, you're a consummate professional, man. And it was, it was an honor to see you working in person again. And it just brought back a lot of cool memories seeing you do what you do, man. So again, hats off to you and, and, and what you do. 
Thanks, Bill. I appreciate it so much. You know, I mean, I know what it's like to bang. I know what it's like to stand toe to toe. I've never been a professional fighter, but honestly, six hours sitting down, I turned 64 on Friday. I'm in shape. I'm ready to rock and roll. But still, man, I want to loosen up. I, you're right. You hit it, Bill. You, you know it better than anybody. I'm getting in the zone. I Absolutely. People get on me about this. headbutting the lockers. That's how I get in the zone. You know, everybody's yeah. got their own way of doing it. And people may think it's stupid, but it works for me. So, I mean, you know. And so that zone is really important the- as both of you guys are performers. Like if you're not in the zone, like why even show up? So you got to do what you need to do to get there. A hundred. I'll say it. I'll say it again. The day that my passion for this job that I don't get in the zone, that means I'm phoning it in. That means it's time to retire. Yep. Right. hundred yep. percent. Done. You know, Hey, so real quick. Uh, uh, sorry, Bruce. I just wanted to say one thing about Bill. A lot of people obviously know him from his professional wrestling days, but Bill's a, a real fight fan and a real combat sports uh, athlete in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, we're talking about him being at a UFC, um, but but Bill, what do you I, think I, my character came? One hundred percent. And that's even more evident now than than ever before, Bill, when you go back and look at tape and then look at modern, you know, mixed martial artists. But uh, I, I will say this. Bill doesn't only show up for, uh, you know, the biggest MMA promotion when it comes to town. The last time I saw Bill, actually, the only time I ever met Bill was at a small kickboxing event. Uh, at, at a casino fight. lion fight. Yeah. And <laughs> you were there front row and center having a good old time watching Muay Thai. Well, not only was it 15 minutes from my house back then, but they, those, those guys and girls bang. I mean, yeah. that is some serious shit, right? Pardon my French, but I mean, that's, that's as real as it gets. And it was right up the road. I knew some people were fighting and I'm a big fan of, of uh, lion fights. I don't know where they are right now and what's going on with them, but they, they, they put on a hell of a local show. That's one thing I was yeah. curious, Bill, when you were, you know, performing in, in professional wrestling, whether it be WCW or, or, or WWE, you know, your character is based in reality. You're a real martial artist. There are some guys that, you know, they're tough. Don't get me wrong in the professional wrestling space, but they don't know what is required in a real life situation. Was that ever hard to sort of manage the ego of other guys that you knew, you know, if, if shit hit the, the floor, you were going to be able to just take them out at times? Well, the, the caveat to that is that, and I dealt with it a lot in the beginning, and I'm not saying guys tried to beat me up. I'm just saying that guys tried to put me in a compromising position because right. I was very young in the business, and, and uh, I just didn't know very much. And you got live television going on, and you're following the guy who's leading you in the ring. And a lot of guys would lead me down a bad path. Mm. But I had one equalizer, and you know what that is, Right. Who wins all the matches? Me. What, is, right. what do I do right before I jackhammer? I spear him. Right. right? You get so your payback. My, my, yeah. My, my thing was, hey, go ahead, guys. Do whatever you want. Because number one, I can handle it. And number two, I get the last laugh because I got to spear you. And I, right. I tailor the spear you know, uh, uh, in relation to how they treated me throughout the match. It was that simple. And, and I think people started to understand that. They understand it. But, you know, I've been in the back because I went to many WCW events managing my brother. That was one of the pleasurable times back then, a great time. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, back in those days, I'd be in the back. I'd, I won't give anything away, but I'd hear Hulk and Sting talking to each other, you know, the finish, the this, the that. And I don't think I'm giving anything away, Bill. That, but, you know, you guys get hurt a lot, okay? And I remember one show, you did your whole thing, you speared, everything is great. And you came through the curtain and you went down because your knee was fucked. 
Okay, you are not in good shape. Excuse my French. What is that number? Yeah, 13? <laughs> yeah that's like the fourth I, time I you dropped the F bomb in thirteen yeah, years. Yeah, when you when you when you did that, I thought, you know what? I really realized and and I always had appreciation for you, you men and women as athletes and everything else, but to see how that worked out, it was just it was unbelievable, Bill. And uh, you know, you're you're a stud, there's no question. Well, um, thank you, brother. I mean, football got me prepped for it. Period. Oh, yeah. I don't know of many things that are more difficult to play in the NFL, playing in division one football. You know, every 18 seconds you get hit by a car. So right. uh, fighting's tough. There's no question about it. I don't think, I don't know. They're two completely separate entities. But once you look at being a professional wrestler back in the day, you know, my, my peak year, I was on the road 200, 210 days a year. That's insane. And, oh, it's insane. Crazy. And, and insane. talk about sitting on the floor in a hotel room. I mean, we were in <laughs> hotels every night. And, right. and granted, comparatively, my bringing, my, my upbringing in the wrestling business paled in comparison to these guys traveling everywhere, every night. And, and, and the caveat to that is you have to be that character every time you step in the ring in a different city, right? right. And they don't want to see you limping around and they don't want to see you with a knee brace on unless it's used in the match. But, it, you know, you, you have to put all that aside. And once you open that curtain and you go out, you got you to gotta be that guy. So it was a mentality um, we all got to be tough. There's no question about that, but some are tougher than others. Um, it's, you just got to suck it up and do your job. How difficult was it, Bill, when, you know, you were uh, the focal point of WCW at the height of the professional wrestling boom to still be Bill Goldberg, the man and not the character. Like when you would go out to eat, uh, did, did you feel like you had to put on the, the, the character, the role a little bit to perpetuate that image, even in your downtime? Not really. Um, unfortunately, a couple of times it caught up to me in that I would get so mm, frustrated with the situation because I tried to just be the normal Goldberg out in public. Right. It just doesn't work. It, I mean, in that you don't get any space and hey, all these things I'm greatly appreciative of that anyone would know who I am, let alone, you know, be a fan. It's it, it, to answer the question. I'm Goldberg 24 hours a day. Right. I truly am. You know, that's I, what I was just, I was just going to say that bill yeah. What TJ said, I mean, I know you, I said, that's yeah. you. Like people say, when I go in the octagon, I'm some, that's me. I might go in a phone booth and come out of yeah. the box, but it's hundred percent. So okay. I, so yeah. I am, I truly am. And, and, and Bruce, you know, this, I'm truly at the antithesis of what people see Goldberg being in his violent rage, but I'm also a hundred percent, Goldberg it is violent rage that's that's yes. it's an extension yes. of me it's me magnified the only way that I could do the wrestling business is to be an extension by truly am. so that makes a lot of sense uh you know what it's called you you're, you're in character 24 hours a day but when it comes time for it you get in character it's just a difference it's a different level 100 it um you know we deal with fighters. I've been around fighters my whole life, way even before UFC. That's why I understand fighter mentality so well in my boxing and my kick, my own personal kickboxing days and all that. But, you know, there's a lot of tough characters. Um, do you remember uh, the, of course, you know, the Steiner brothers, of course. Oh, I mean, you, best right? opponents in the world. Right. And do you remember uh, the girl, Kim Canner, that was. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, Kim's my old girlfriend from long, many, 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 many years. Oh, my I, God. Yeah. I have known yeah. Kim since she was eight years old when I moved to Malibu. She was my neighbor. And then, you know, wow. later, later on in life, you know, was later on in life. And then she wound up in the WWE and we're still best friends. Um, 
She said in her mind, she mentioned, I said, Kim, who's the toughest one, you know? I mean, I've asked my brother this too. And, you know, she said the Steiner brother, well, she mentioned you. She did give you kudos, okay? But she said the Steiner brothers were just real. If you you don't want to screw with the Steiner brothers, especially the one. Scotty and I were in a battle. Scotty and I were in a battle royal. He yells at me. I'm extremely young in the business. I don't know what's going on. There are 50 people in the ring. He's right at the ropes. He turns and yells at me, and he goes, hit me. And I was positioned to where I could only, like, throw a jab. And at that point, I wasn't as schooled as I am now as far as pulling punches. And remember the mask that he used to wear? Oh, yeah. That was because of my my left jab. I broke his orbital. And Really? Yeah, and I I mean, I I obviously didn't do it on purpose, um, but I dropped down right when it happened. And I'm like, dude, are you okay? And he goes, get the hell off of me. We're on television. So... (laughs) Yeah, Steiner Brothers, the hundred percent. Look at look at Scott when he was dropped straight on top of his head in Japan by Scott Horton. Um, I, I don't think I've met two tougher individuals in any aspect of my of my career wow. athletically. I, I truly, except for Ming, Ming and Barbarian are yeah. just of the same cloth. They're just Ming, really? Big. Wow. Oh Jesus Christ! I I power slammed Ming and dropped him on his head. And I did the same thing. I reached down and I'm like, dude, are you okay? I'm sorry. He's like, brother, get off of me. <laughs> so, yeah, those guys, Ming, Ming used to be like a personal bodyguard of the Tongan prince. I mean, he, he, he's as gnarly as they come. I, I would put Ming up against any human being I've ever met. I've heard that. I've heard a lot Who's of pro wrestlers say that that's the guy you want, you know, backing you in a street fight. I never, 100%. Wow. Who's the craziest one? Who's like, one or two of the just nut nut jobs and in, in well, Scotty Scotty Steiner, you know, falls into that respect. But a lot of that yeah. is inflammation of you know in, inflammatory buildup of of his true character. I mean, he goes overboard a little bit. But um, craziest, you know, I, uh, uh, mankind. He's got to be one of the craziest I've ever met because of the stuff he's done in the ring with the barbed yeah, wire nice. and the glass. I mean, it, that stuff is. Just, I wouldn't do any of that. And he's a sweetheart of a human being, too. Like, he's just one of the nicest yeah. guys I've ever met. 100%. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like the fighters. I mean, you know, I, I, Bruce, you talk about being around this business. I mean, I remember watching Joe Charles in... in, in Joe uh, Charles. In, That's a name, in, man. In Charlotte, in Charlotte, when I played for the Carolina Panthers, right? My first, well, my only time with the Carolina Panthers, there was a, there was a UFC in uh, in charlotte and i went and i watched him i think hackney was still in, i mean it was it was like number four or something yeah. like yeah. that. yeah and you know i've been friends with these guys i mean almost as long as you have i remember when josh barnett was still the baby face assassin and his first yeah. couple times he fought over in pride and i was there with the boom by yay deal and i had a deal with um I announced I, that, Bill. I announced the Bombay. Oh my God! In Kobe Japan, was, the Kobe was, Japan? Was, was that the one where uh, Fry and LeBanner fought, or or uh, the one? Which one was it? Uh, well, I, Fedor fought. Uh, Young Overeem at two hundred five fought. Didn't Leoto uh, fight Rich Franklin on that one? That's it. Yeah, I think it was two thousand three. Not mistaken. And Rich with, Franklin, it was Frank, Rich Franklin fought. Yes. Was it Tokyo Dome? It was in Kobe. Kobe. Okay, Japan. I wasn't at that. one. All right, that was another um, one. That was Antonio Inoki's Bombay on New Year's okay, Eve. Okay, right. this is this will signify it for you. Bob Sapp power bombs Nogueira. Oh yeah, yeah. 
I think that one's Remember 2002. That one? No, I Bob Sapp bought on the one I announced too. I you did Who all did of fight? them. Bruce. You did, you, you, there there were three Bumbayes, and I think Bruce did all of them. Well, I was there. I can't. Yeah, I was there. I uh, right. I was going. Yeah, I was in the bathroom when I'm supposed to help commentate uh, Fry and LeBanner. And the the mat the, the the match started. By the time I ran from backstage to the front, it was over with. And uh, let me tell you, go ahead. Joe, go ahead. I got a funny story about the after party. This one, the one I did was the night there were three MMA events in Japan, uh, and they took like fifty five percent of the TV audience was watching MMA. Wow! Yep, it was incredible. Um, so the after party that we had, I remember it was elaborate. It was crystal champagne. It was King crab. It was everything up and down and Fedor his monster brother. What's his name? TJ, uh, uh Alexander. 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 Yeah. So Fedor had fought and there were these two redheaded ring card girls that were working the show that night. And, um, you know, me and my usual forte, <laughs> I go up to say hello and we're talking and all of a sudden Fedor walks over to me. And he says something in his language or he's talking. I didn't quite understand. And, and he, but then he said, Bruce, oh, he, he says something to his brother. And his brother walks over and he walks over. Fedor takes my arm, puts it in an armbar position. His oh, brother shit. takes my other arm, puts it in an armbar <laughs> position. And Fedor looks at me and says, Bruce, do we have problem? Right? I'm thinking, oh my God, what's going to go on here, right? And I go, no, Fado, everything's fine, man. Love you, bro. Good. I like you. <laughs> and then he says something to his brother who kind of grunts and lets go of my arm, which meant that Alexander would have break and broke my arm right there, Fedor said. 100%. Okay. I think that was kind so of his I job. Got, it's kind of his job. So I got Rico Ciparelli, Franklin, Barnett. They're all in the corner behind me. I walk over. <laughs> You go, man, do you know, you know what just happened? You almost got, you know, your arms it's broke. Separate. And I go, where the hell were you guys? They, <laughs> right. go, they were here. watching. <laughs> yeah. See, we're over here. That's your problem. I, I don't know there's if it's so a good thing from, that emanate. From, there's so many stories that emanate from that event. A crow cop yeah. invited me to train with him in Croatia. Right. Oh, wow. Uh, right. And I, I shot that one down like instantly. There's no way. Uh, number two, I pulled. God, I, you know, yeah, this is a long time ago. So the statute of limitations is over with. So I was at a gentleman's club the night before the night before it was Coleman. I think it was the night before Randleman knocked Krokop out. Okay. And I had to yeah. pull them out of, out of a club at three o'clock in the morning because the they night were before? fighting the next day. It was Coleman. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Uh-huh. Possibly. Wow. Maybe. Wow. I don't know. It was All Randleman, right. Coleman and. I can't remember. It might have been Fry with us. I can't remember. But yeah, it was very interesting. I loved the trips over there. It was great. If that's what you should you do to get the results uh, that Randleman got the next day, then a oh, lot yeah, of fighters need to start going out more. <laughs> yeah. You talk about one of the craziest guys to hang out with and party with, Don Fry. Is one of them. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely oh, yeah. one of the wildest characters I ever met in my life. Yep. No question. Yep. They're, but no they're question. all from fact, that clock, you know, except Court's Couture. Randy's, you know, more to himself. But all those guys, man, yeah, yeah they were nuts. But they had to be, right? And that's what you yeah. want, right? They like, you want be. your legends of the sport to be legends partying and hanging. Like, you want them to be that guy. You want them to be the guy that you want to hang out with. Here's another one. Nogueira fights Sap. Sap power bombs him. Nogueira wins. We come in the locker room. I'm walking in with Sap's 
Saps, you know, entourage. And Garrett's sitting in his locker, and I get side to side with him, and he grabs my arm, and he looks at me, and he goes, your friend, he tried to kill me. And I'm like, I, weren't you trying to kill him, too? I mean, isn't the point, right? So yeah, that was the first time I met Nagara, and then he opens up a gym in San Diego. You know, twenty years later, I see him there again. But I think most of us thought, great, people. great people. Most of us thought Nagara almost broke his neck that night. That was a horrific power bomb. Yep, that was crazy. So let's take let's change the subject a little bit because we could talk <laughs> we forever. Could talk old days of wrestling forever. So many stories, and I love it. Um, the whole thing now going on with the exhibition, you know, boxing, the YouTuber influencers, uh, Logan Paul fighting Mayweather, uh, Anderson Silva fighting uh, uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., uh, other people coming out of the works, not for works, but coming out of the <laughs> works. <laughs> um, Jake Paul just signed a multi fight deal with Showtime Boxing. Crazy. Just announced today. I saw that. I right. almost vomited. Crazy stuff. Floyd Mayweather's company filing a $120 million lawsuit against another promoter where the fight should have been in Dubai. All these things happening, you know, and, and it makes me think, Bill, I mean, what if they come to they you have. and they say not, not, not those I, specific I, guys, but other other groups have. So how do you um, feel about all this? I mean, to me, it's bringing tons of new young eyeballs into the sport of boxing but for the classic boxing that we all love and know so well. But I got no problem with it. It's me. It's, it's entertainment. You know, it, it is. It's, it's a different form of entertainment. You can't look at it as purist by any stretch of the imagination. No. It's the way that the world is right now. It's eyeballs are on it. And if you're, if you're, a, all you need is the fans to be invested, whether they want you to win or want you to lose, you got them. As long as you have them make a decision. Right. And what the Paul brothers are doing is making everybody in the world hate them so much that they would pay to see them get their asses kicked. And mostly I got to say, Jake. Mostly, I'm one Jake. Of them. mostly Jake, mostly Jake. He, yeah. He's the one that's creating a lot of hate. Jake is creating hate. Do you respect yeah, it, Bill? Because I feel like they're they're getting what like pro wrestlers uh, call uh, cheap heat. You know what I mean? It's not like there's no real 100%. art to it. Well, look at the production of that last event. You know, look at look at. Look at De La Hoya and what happened to him on those interviews and how bad, you know, he he worked his entire life to get this resume. And then I think in one night, you kind of destroy it by just being a bumbling idiot. on the right. all it takes. It's, all it takes. Um, it's it's delicate, man. And there, there's no amount of money in the world that can make me ruin, you know, what I've I've built in my entire life. They're, they're just not. And so I, I can't say I'm a fan of it, but like McGregor, right? Connor is the best heel in the world, right? right? Because he makes people want to see someone beat his ass. Right. And, and marketing, he's a genius. So, so is Jake, you know, I, as much, it's not my cup of tea and it's not the way I would go about things, but I have to be honest and say that I, I, I'm in awe of his business acumen. Correct, because he's putting a lot of dollars in his pocket. He doesn't care what people think, and you know, more power to him. But uh, would I want to be a part of it? And not necessarily. No. I mean, twenty years ago, when I wasn't fifty-four years old, um, you know, I, I think it would have been awesome. I mean, when I worked for Glory, I was seriously considering doing an exhibition there. You know, Sean Merriman or something like that. Some legitimate right. athlete who has. Right. 
you know, a little bit of a background in kickboxing or Muay Thai or whatever it is. But um, I, I'm past the point, I think, maybe of doing that. My problem now is if I throw a right hand, I'm not worried about what it does to the person. I'm worried about me breaking my hand and right. throwing my shoulder out now. So, I yep. mean, so many injuries, I, I, I'm concentrating on keeping myself put together. You got to train now like I train now. I always I used to train and compete. Now I train to get older. I train you know? not to get older, but or just I, I train to be able to function. Truly. Well, let's I mean, stay healthy. Stay healthy. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I want to be able to lift my arm up and, and scratch my head without doing this. Right. You know, yep. so um, I, I've worked very hard over the past number of years. I got a horrible show. You know, it's just every time I move it, it's it's unbelievable. But I've gotten to the point where, you know, I, I've backed my training off. I've changed the the type of training that I do. And, it, you know, it's it's more rehab than anything. So what you're saying, Bill, is you still have a puncher's chance. Yes, I, I knew do. that's where we were going. I no, knew it. Bill, you know that, no, this is my new bourbon, Bill. Is I it? forgot to tell you about. Uh -oh. Yeah, I came out with uh, Puncher's Chance last year. It's the highest rated, fastest selling new bourbon in America. Awesome. And it's all about the underdog. It's, it's, it's your it's all about. Dude, you, Bill. I, need I made this for the fighters. I need some. No, I want to do. Will you do me a favor? Will you, if you have my number, text me your address. Yes, sir. Or TJ, let me get a, a bottle sent out to you. That would be fantastic. And uh, try and if you like it, send me a picture. Okay, hundred percent. Yeah, but you're gonna love this. We just won the gold medal at the San Francisco Tasting Awards. That is awesome. We, it's awesome. We got a ninety-five percent rating uh, from the liquor board, and it's just it's the it's the neck of the bourbon god. So I I want to send you some. Send me an address. I'm all over it. Mr. Buffer, thank you. you so much. Oh, you, you got it. You got it. I think we got to let um, Bill get out know, of Bill, here. He's got places to be and people to see. Yeah. I, yeah. You, I knew you want to do happy wife, happy wife, happy life, Bill. So you better get your food. Especially home. one that's a stunt woman and knows how to weld. Right. So I, I'd wow. probably wake up in the morning and she was pissed off. No, she's, with, you know. she's a mate. She can knock you out, DJ. Trust me. I, so. I don't want to test that. No, thank you. It's an honor, which dude, just to see you again. Uh, you it's know, incredible. Really, it brings back so many memories. I have. Did you guys have any children? Or oh yeah, I got a 15-year-old boy, which was the why we moved out here to Texas. You know, he was going into wow. ninth grade, and it was time for him to. It was time for us to to steer the focus towards him and his four years in high school. And so I thought it was the best place to move, uh, bringing him to Texas. You know, he's a big baseball and football player. And, um, I, I figured if there was any place for him to further his career and chase his dream, it'd be here. Awesome. Awesome. Bill, I'm so happy for you. I, and again, I want, I've been repetitive. Brought back so many memories. By the way, Michael says hello. Send you his best. Please give him my best, man. I, I love you guys to death. You bring nothing but great memories. And in the business, well, especially MMA and martial arts. Martial arts is completely different than MMA. I mean, we know that. But there are a few and there are people that, you know, there are a few people in the world that you really call your friends and that you really love, you know, to the end of the earth. You're one of them, buddy boy. Oh. And it was it was wonderful to be able to get a hold of you, see you again, and hoist you up above my head. <laughs> I love your brother to death, man. And it's just I cherish every moment together. And let, before I get off of here, I would be remiss in not saying that um, number one, hanging out with Sarah the first time during those fights was was pretty entertaining. But right. Giga Chikadze, this kid 
this kid is absolutely, I mean, he, he's, he's a mensch, right? He's, he's, I don't even know how to describe it. This kid, people need to learn more about this kid and what he's gone through and what he stands for and actually who he is. Because I remember him at glory five days after, and this is on Instagram. He posted it five days after he came into the country, right? And he goes and he fights for glory. And, and, uh, I don't even remember what happened, but I, I went to the locker room afterwards and I put my arms around the kid. And you just know, you just know, not only because of talent, talent grows on trees, right? Yeah. But this kid had it inside. He had it inside his heart and he was doing it all for the right reasons. And he was very honorable family guy. Um, and I told him and he's got the video. I was like, man, you know what? One of these days you are going to be the man. You just be patient and you're going to be the man. I never thought it would be an MMA. I really didn't. Um, I thought it was going to be in kickboxing, but to be able right. to make that transition and be who he is today and what he did to Cub, you know, a couple of weeks ago, man, Cub's a tough kid, tough kid, man. And yep. I just hope for the best for this guy. There's a couple. And what was the, the what was the guy in the co-main event that won that beat Ferguson? How do you pronounce his name Benil, properly? Benil Dariush. Benil. We were in the locker room. That obviously is the reason why Giga was there. He's supporting him, his teammate. And, uh, you know, he's he's another guy that's just salt of the earth, just wonderful people. And you just you can't you can't hope you can't help but the root for guys like that. To see them but, both, you know, win, it's just it's wonderful. Absolutely. You're completely correct. And we get back to I don't want to compare them to the Jake Pauls of this world. But to me, class is class. Right. hundred percent. And Benil Darius, you know, he's there with his wife. He's the soft-spoken warrior who delivers every time. Yeah. And I always say, and TJ knows I say this all the time, I, yeah, maybe I've said the F-bomb 13 times in the show in, in 13 years, maybe once a year, but I can sell a fight. I can sell something without even saying a curse word. And if I say the F-bomb one time, it's because I really mean it. Absolutely. Say it too much. There's a way to sell and a way not. And people, oh, I got to be like this. No, there's ways to sell, but class is class. And I truly appreciate class. And I understand the whole attitude of everybody else in the game. But that's not the game the way I would play it personally. But it's in the game that we play, you know? See why we see eye to eye? Yeah, of course. No problem. No problem. Well, no, you're about three inches taller than me. We, we see eye to eye. No, I've been hitting the head with too many chairs. I'm six foot now. So it, it dropped me down about three and a half inches. Uh, yeah, I think I lost a half inch over the years myself, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> That's jumping around all the time. Jumping around all the time. You know, exactly. your spine takes a little thing, whatever. Bro, let, let us let you go. I love you, bro. It's great to see you. I hope to see you again. You know, I, I want to go back to Texas every chance we get. I love the, I love the state so much. But um, much love to you. Your wife, you, family, and nothing but big cheers, no fears forever. And uh, I'm going to get Puncher's Chance over to you. So get, get us an address and I'll get it to you. Thank you, buddy. It's always an honor and a privilege, man. Good to see you again. It's been way too long. I promise you it won't be this long between the next time we see each other. And uh, you uh, come to LA, you come to LA, you drop me a note, we'll hit dinner. You got it, buddy boy. Y'all be well. It was an honor and a privilege. Anytime you need me, you know where to find me. Thanks, thanks Bill. Thanks, Bill. Take care, brother. Take care, gentlemen. Y'all have a wonderful day. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you. Yes, sir. There he is, Bill Goldberg, one of the best. Man, one of the best. Fun, you know. Uh, I just, I have so much respect for you know the the sport of entertainment wrestling or however we want to call it. Um, but if that little interview we had doesn't kind of give you a, a little idea how tough these guys are, 
They are. I mean, 210 days on the road that you got to be right. tough alone just to do that. No, 100 percent. I mean, that. let's take all the physical uh, actual you know, bumping out of it just to get into that yeah. many different beds on the road, different hotels, not being able to train properly, you know, sacrificing the type of food that you want to eat when you're you know, trying to keep yourself in the, in, in the best shape possible. It is uh, a grind unlike any other. And that's where I think that the, these men and women that are you know, in that industry really earn the respect just getting from one town to the next and, and trying to maintain uh, a normal life is beyond difficult. It's beyond difficult. So much respect to that. But um, he's a true he's a true dude. He's there's no there's yeah, he's in the world of entertainment. But like we said, that is Goldberg. That no, is 100 percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's uh, he's a guy that was, you know, an icon of his era for so oh, many reasons. Guy. And uh, he's still just a genuine dude that you can sit down and, and have a honest to goodness conversation with. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of people in that business, Bruce, that, that, I mean, you know, this better than, than anyone yeah. that they seem to lose who they are along the way. And maybe that's because their character is not necessarily uh, who they are as people, but you can right. see people that spend maybe a little too much time uh, living in a reality that is just not a reality. Yeah. You know, um, absolutely. You know, diamond Dallas page. He was, uh, he's one of those real guys you know, doing his yoga and everything after he's always been a straight shooter. Uh, Terry Hulk Hogan, you know, Terry's always been super cool. You know, probably one of the greatest interviewers in the history of the, of the wrestling. Oh, the, one of the genre. most charismatic uh, people you'll ever meet in your life. Totally. But just so cool when you meet him in person. And of course, who else other than Dwayne, the rock Johnson? I mean, I've known Dwayne for off and he, on for years when I see him, he's, it's he's so the biggest star in the world right now, Bruce. I mean, not just pro wrestling. He he's the biggest star in the world right no now. No question. No question, you know, releasing products left and right, doing what he's doing. So listen, they're capitalizing, they're, they're living good lives. They're being role models in their own right to their fan base. So more power to him, man, more power to him. All good. I love seeing it. Let's go on to some news and stuff here. It was great having Bill on the show. It really was. Uh, and if he sent you the address for me, make sure I get that. I want to, yeah, I will. Uh, I will definitely get that and uh, pass it along. Okay. Uh, last week we launched the uh, millions.co. I talked about it last week on the show. Uh, everybody check out millions.co, especially if you're a boxer, kickboxer, Muay Thai fighter in the fighting sports. It has taken off, TJ. It's That's great to hear. Yeah, it's a success. Um, even the T-shirts that I put out for sale last week, you know, I'm getting the pinged every day, you know, people buying the shirts. That's fine for me. I just want, I love the fact that the young guys I mentioned with the 200, 2000 or 20,000 or more followers or whatever are having a chance to monetize and brand themselves and, Again, if you're a professional or semi-pro or even an amateur, uh, go to millions.co and check it out and let us show you how to brand, market, and make money aside from when you put your blood, sweat, and tears on the line in the ring or the cage. And uh, we're going to be expanding. We're going to expand this out to volleyball, tennis, surfing, every sport, slowly but surely. I'm going to make sure this goes out to every athlete in the world. I'm curious if you ever plan on reaching out to people that are not necessarily athletes, but have, you know, online followings. And absolutely and people like yourself, TJ, I, people like John. Adams. I don't have online followings. No, yes, you do. You just you just don't market yourself as much as much as See, I, I need millions. There you go. Yes, you need millions. I've already exactly. figured it out. I'm the target market here. I've got apparently. to figure it out. Give me time. We're in a sort of semi beta testing launching mode right now, working out very few little kinks. But yeah, I mean whether you're Michael Bisbing or whether you're whatever. I mean, you, yeah. you work for a company and you get a deal, let's say with a, an MMA promotion, you know, a Bellator or whatever, they sell a t-shirt. You're lucky if you get 10% of the profits, right? We're getting yep. back like up to 
Okay. Right. I mean, so and aside from all that, 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 that's a no brainer for me, Bruce. Sorry, honestly, it's, it's, it's a no brainer. 80%. Are you no kidding brainer. me? Yeah. No brainer. No brainer. That's of the profits. Okay. We still got to pay for the shirt. But no, still, <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. 80%. You know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. that's unheard of in this space. It is. It is. As a matter of fact, uh, I announced it on Instagram, but on June 6th, make sure it's June 6th. I'm going to have my first ask me anything session on. Um, let me see here. Yeah, about uh, the UFC pay-per-view 263. Okay. That week, follow me on Instagram. I'm going to have the Ask Me Anything session where you you pay a small fee to join and, you know, I answer questions and everything else and talk. And that's what the athletes can do too. So their fan base can even have a fight companion show with them watching the UFC and they can pay a tiny little bit of coin to watch it with their favorite fighter. Hey, I had a question for you. Uh, a lot of people are using that term fight companion. Joe Rogan's a person that coined that. It's his podcast, but everyone says, oh, we're doing a fight companion. Can Rogan trademark that? Yeah, because you can't say that we're because like you can't say like, oh, I'm doing it. It's time when you no. mean a podcast, because that's this podcast. But people say oh, I'm doing a fight companion. Well, you're not because Joe Rogan's not there. Well, notice, let me say two ways. Notice when I said it, I said it's like a fight companion. I understand. When people say they're doing it. a but, fight but, companion. Well, what I'm saying, Bruce, though, is people are not making that uh, distinction when they they're say They're calling it. it. Correct. The way to stop it is Joe can check with a trademark attorney or a copyright attorney and see what he can do with it. And if he does it, then boom, you can't call a fight companion if you're the, if he gets that trademark. Or Bruce or Buffer gets- could go get that trademark and then license it to Joe Rogan. Yeah, but see, I, I you have to show usage in America. All right. right. Let's and start the show then. Usage. <laughs> well, one time, like in a past when um, we were trying to trademark Michael and we did Iron Mike and uh, came back that uh, Mike Ditka and t- was called Iron Mike all that time. And it prevented the trademarking. Oh, we wanted to put it into effect. So once you show usage, even the trademark board, as popular as Joe is, right. they recognize Fight Companion. They may bring that up. So that, that makes a lot of know sense. Until you try. Well, one thing but that I'm not I copycat. Uh, uh, one thing I was going to oh, I understand that, that, Bruce, but one thing that I uh, am sort of interested in, I watch a documentary about it, is uh, these patent trolls. And somebody sued Adam Carolla for violating uh, his patent of releasing an episodical uh, podcast. Think about that. That's what we do. That's what everyone does. Uh, right. I believe that that patent troll was defeated. But think about the idea that someone can patent releasing audio on a week-to-week basis like that's insane to me well that also reminds me when i told you that with youtube you know when you see buffering on it right i tried to trademark that okay i was going to sell it back to youtube so i was pulling a thing but i felt more comfortable because of buffering i thought maybe i could get it right i could make some money out of it or at least lock it in and and i didn't get it I, i couldn't get it uh i mean i admire the hustle yeah, well, that's what I'm all about. Hustle and bustle, baby. You know, that's right. Don't wait for things to happen, folks. Make them happen. That's why you want to check out millions.co, millions.co, and you'll find out. This is 30 to 40 years of branding experience on my part, my co partner, founders in the company, the experience they have. Take advantage of the experience and let's take you on to a right track as you move forward with your careers. Listen, crypto is tanking. Uh, yeah, Amazing. I mean, it, it's volatile. Like we've, we've talked about this. I think oh, yeah. you have to think about the crypto market more as um, something that one day is more like a week. So if you think about it, 
if you trade based on the idea that you're not going to put your money into it for more than maybe uh, four or five days at a time, there's still money to be made. But if you're thinking about it as a, a longer term investment, then you, you should just go the stock market rather than the, the crypto market. Yeah, it's just it's just extremely volatile right now. It's at a point where you might think it's worth investing in. But, you know, one thing I learned yesterday, we all know that Elon Musk uh, stopped taking uh, Bitcoin for the Tesla sales. Right. But then I found out yesterday and I don't, again, quite understand this, but the crypto is not climate friendly. Well, yeah. Market. So the the mining that uh, requires um, this is mining, this is what I don't get. OK, so. To create a Bitcoin, you have to uh, mine it, meaning your computer is hooked up to uh, the Internet and it is basically given uh, a chain of really advanced math. And it, it needs to, to solve the uh, sort of equation to actually get to the answer to where it can then claim the coin. Um, the computers that do that require a lot of electricity. It's they're very powerful machines to actually get to the end of the math problem. And um, I mean, I believe it costs roughly something like between four and five thousand dollars to mine one Bitcoin, which uh -huh. is uh, a lot. But when you think about Bitcoin trading at, I think, 40,000 right now, um, that's, you know, a, a huge uh, profit. But, uh, you know, we're, we're environmentally conscious at this point. So uh, when anybody is talking about the amount of electricity or, you know, the things that make electricity, uh, those are finite resources. <clears throat> Excuse Got me. It. And um, yeah, that's what Elon Musk is saying is, you know, we're supporting a coin that is, you know, detrimental to uh, natural resources. Yeah. It still seems like there's a few key people in this world, whether it's Cuban or Musk, that can control the market, that can manipulate the market. That's my well, yeah, but I mean, I think that's that's a problem that's not going to go away as long as we have no, social networks, Bruce, where people have their platform 24 hours a day. I don't think you can ever stop that. And, and the question then becomes, what is market manipulation? If someone like Elon Musk says, I support, you know, Dogecoin, is that manipulating the market or is that freedom of speech? It's like me saying I drink puncher's chance. OK, it's the same thing. Right. And then you've got. You've got uh, like in the stock market, there was a man. I'm sorry. I don't think he's still not Greenspan. You know, he, he all he had to do was open his mouth. Yeah. And the market either went up or down. Right. Listen, you got power. You got power. You want to speak, you speak. It's, you know, the bottom but, line is buyer beware, <sighs> buyer have knowledge. It's up to you as an individual making your own decision. The problem, though, is if you're an influential person. Is the cost or I guess price of that being that you have to be careful with your own freedoms? I, I would hate to think that because people respect me to a certain degree about something that if I say something and then we see a, a direct market shift because I said something that I'm going to have, you know, the feds at my door going, look, this is collusion. You're you know, dictating the, the price of things. This is illegal. Like, that's not fair. Right. I'm with you. I'm with you all the way. We'll see what happens again. Volatile. We're going to read about it. Yeah, I mean, again, just if don't buy. Uh, at the highest price. And uh, if you do buy at a pretty high price, you know, be prepared to uh, lose some money before you make some money. And diversify, put a little here, a little there, a little everywhere, but make sure you have cash on hand. I think the key thing you should always have six to 12 months of bill paying cash on hand. Your bottom line costs a month. Always think about that, folks. Always have six to 12 months if you can in the bank and invest beyond that. You need to have your safety zone. Just a little recommendation from 
whatever you call me, TJ, Uncle, Uncle Bruce, Bruce or whatever. Uncle, Uncle Bruce. Bruce. All right, let's start here. One thing we're going to sign off here in a second, but you know, we talk about the trading cards and everything, how volatile it is. There's a Babe Ruth card about to set a new world record um, that's part of a baseball collection that's valued at $20 million. I mean, we're going to see what this is going to go for. One card. One card. Do, know, do they that, have any idea of how many of these cards are in circulation today or or where they are? Um, you know, uh, we'd have to bring our you know resident uh, professional uh, Dan Walken back on to ask that question because I cannot answer that. But because to me, Bruce, I got to think that it's it's there's got to be single digit numbers to be worth that much money. Well, yeah, there could be. I mean, this is a a, a Gaudi card which Dan showed us on the air. He showed yep. us this card. Uh, they expected to break the $5.2 million record. Okay. And it's a PSA graded nine. Um, and Dan, like he told us, PSA is getting so hit with so many people wanting to grade cards that it could take six to 12 months. He right. managed to get a bunch of mine. And I mentioned on the show recently, and I'll have him back in a few months, but this is an entire collection. We're 20 million and it's it belongs to a doctor who died from COVID-19. He left it to his family and they're the oh ones my that God. on the market. So strangely enough that that happened, um, target, speaking of cards, target had violent outbreaks at its stores on the rush for Pokemon, Pokemon and sport cards. As a result, target is temporarily stopping selling Pokemon and sports trading cards in the stores because they're worried about safety concerns of people in the stores jamming to get the cards. That's interesting How's to that? me. Um, so when I was a, a literally like a kid, a child, I played Magic the Gathering and Magic cards were highly collectible, very expensive to this date. Some of the cards that I had were, were are very uh, expensive online. Um, but Target, even though they sold Magic cards, they did not sell uh, packs or um, complete sets or boxes that were uh, of high level collectability. Uh, you had to go to a specialty store for that. Maybe that has changed now uh, with the market, but as far as I can yeah. remember, Target really never carried those uh, highly sought after um, collectible items. Well, not highly sought after, but what happened is because of the modern day cards being released, like the uh, the, like the Charizard Pokemon card, which I'm sorry, I don't know what the Charizard Pokemon card, but the no, number I get the it. bid for was, it just sold for $360,000. Right, but that, that's so, a card that came out like 15 years ago. That's not a new one. But when the cards sell like that, the young or the old or whatever, they'll rush thinking. Right, know, but people are doing the breaking open now where they, they do the card breaks, right? I still don't and, know though if those are the cards that are at Target, Bruce. I think they might be running out and getting crazy about very common cards and packs that are not going to yield them anything that they think it's going to. But it's because what I'm, what I'm basically trying to say, which I know you have, is is that um, the cards will still be online available at, at the Target through their online sources. Yeah. Um, but it's just the fact that there's so much happening with all this talk, like we talk on the show about how valuable these cards are becoming and, you know, even recent uh, Panini cards, which made the UFC cards that right. have cards for braiding and stuff selling for, you know, hundreds of thousands or million plus dollars like right. LeBron James. You're not even buying those at Target. No, but they're modern day cards in the Panini modern day cards. So people think, I get OK, it. the value is there. The, the same rush happened back in 92 when I started collecting cards and I, I avoided the modern day cards because it was just so much paper. They just didn't have the value. But now they're coming out anyway. Like I say. Collect and collect properly. Here's another area too, TJ. Kurt Cobain, you know, died of course 20 years ago. 1994. 
a few strands of his hair just sold for $14,145. Just I don't, care, I don't care who you are. I don't want to buy your hair. No, six strands of his hair. There are people out there that will buy anything and everything. One last. Would note, you want to own about, a biological piece of another human being? I don't. I, that's weird to me, Bruce. No, it doesn't interest me whatsoever. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. It just doesn't. Interest it's just me weird whatsoever. to me. Like, I'm fine. I guess different strokes for different folks. But yeah, I, I don't mean, if people. If people want to buy my tuxedos and my fight cars that like they come after me for maybe I when I, every time I get a haircut, maybe I should have put it all in an envelope for no, when I die. Bruce, <laughs> don't do that. That, that. You wouldn't feel weird if someone owned some of your hair. Not interested. I have okay. no interest. Yeah. So the answer is, yes, I would feel really weird. Yeah. I, don't, I don't get it. I mean, I no. get it, but they're not going to get it. How's that? Exactly. Hey, All right. There you go. Hey, another surfer got nailed in Australia. Great white shark right in the water. 59 year old man trying to catch waves at Tunkuri Beach. Shark lashed onto his leg. They couldn't revive me. Died on the beach. 13 footer. Uh, they're it's, out there. It's tragic. It's tragic. But still, I I, every time out. I hear about that, Bruce, I still think that uh, about what you said, like you wouldn't be opposed to going that way, like going out there and doing what you love. And if Mother Nature takes you, you you're somewhat at peace with that idea. As long as I don't go before my mom. That's all right. I of course. As long as that doesn't happen. Otherwise, I'm prepared for anything and live every day. This example, live every day to the max, man. Live every day to the max. And with that being said, tell us what's up and let's tell everybody to live every day to the max. So we're back next week. Yes. Um, coming up Friday night. So probably today, as most people will hear this, uh, I am uh, going to be on the call for Invicta Fighting Championships. They make their debut on Access TV tonight. Um, exciting uh, fight card, which is uh, headlined uh, by a championship doubleheader uh, flyweight title on the line between Mexico's Karina Rodriguez and Brazil's Diana Torquato and the Atomweight Championship of the World will be on the line when uh, Alicia Zapatella takes on Jessica Delboni. So hopefully people will uh, tune in. Technically, Bruce, my network television debut in North America tonight. Oh, that's CTJ. The evolutionary process of your career just in the last few years is beautiful. And it's just going to get more and more and more. I mean, you've got your UFC show on Saturday nights, you know, you yep. got this, you got that. It's it's all coming together, TJ. Million yeah, it's taken 22 years, 22 years, Buff, this June. I'm I'm going to show you how to speed up the process once we can get you into Million Stock Co. All right. I know I'm plugging, but I'm telling you, hey, this, this is my dream. This is what I want to do. If it works, it works. And it works. Trust me, it works. Speaking of working, um, I'm going to be in the Octagon this weekend uh, for the Rob Font, Cody Garbrandt main event at the USC Fight Night. It's going to be great to see Cody back. It's been how long, TJ? Two years? Um, Has it been that long? Time flies, Bruce. So I'm never I'm never surprised anymore when people say it's been a year or two. Uh, It's been a while. I definitely feel like it's been a while since we've seen Cody, but I don't I don't know how long. Well, it's going to be. Here's my thing. My birthday's Friday. We talked about this before. <laughs> I just had a wonderful evening last night with a very close friend of mine. Took me out to dinner to start my birthday process. My family today, we're going to spend time. But tomorrow, I'm going to have a little cupcake with a candle sitting in the uh, wonderful Holiday Inn in Vegas and quarantine and playing online poker and doing my fight cards. And that's my birthday. That's why I say celebrate your birthday a week before to a week after. Me, I celebrate every day I wake up. I think it's my birthday. So, Hey, um, at least we know Brian is safe when you're quarantined on your birthday and no one's throwing you a surprise party. Yeah, exactly. You no, remember that? Sorry. You almost killed your brother right in front of me. I know. Sorry about that. That's my <laughs> reaction. Sorry, Brian. Well, I don't know about killing Brian. Brian's not the guy that's going to be easy to kill. Let me tell you that much or easy to beat <laughs> for sure. But it would have been interesting. But oh, that goodness. on YouTube, influencers, 
Right. No, the the buffer rumble, apparently. Well, that yeah. that might have to need Michael. I don't know. That's right. Michael can announce it. It's All right. Good. There you go. Um, and then I'm going to be out for two weeks. I'm going to uh, take a birthday vacation next weekend. And you deserve uh, it. Yeah. Can't wait. Not going to say where I'm going because I want to be totally private and enjoy myself. And uh, and that's it. Um, I'm looking forward to a really fun weekend, a really fun week. TJ, it's been great having uh, Bill on the show and another good show. He's awesome. Can. He's he's such he's a awesome. great dude. Oh, I didn't tell you, but also the uh, L.A. Sheriff, Alex Villanueva. Uh, we just got OK. I got to coordinate it. It looks like we're going to be having him on the show. Cool. That's great. And we'll talk about a lot of good stuff with him. So with that being said, everybody, I will see you from the Octagon on Saturday. Have a great week. TJ, have a great week. Everybody, make sure you set your goals, write them down. We're all about winning on the show. So when you set on the path, you do the best you can, be the best you can be, whether you're one second to whatever. The bottom line is inside, you know, you're being the best you can be. That means you're winning. So let's go out and win. See you next week. Buffer out. Big cheers. No fears. Don't forget to take your puncher's chance. <laughs>